Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. You made it. We we thought you might not make it. No, I'm only a few minutes late. I'm I'm moving very slowly this morning. Very slowly. Doing great, Maureen. This is this is the kind of absolute electric energy we wanted to come back. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. This is, this is what we're bringing to the brand new series of WTB is this kind of energy, dynamism, positivity, dare I say euphoria, uh, that a lot of people will be experiencing in their ear rolls as they experience Maureen emerging from her bed. Actually, I fell asleep on the sofa. Bed was a bit too far to go. (laughs) Also, I haven't made the bed. No, there's lots of things. Well, we we, we keep our expectations low with you, Maureen. Um, It's enough that you've switched your your, um, computer on. Well done. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well done. Uh, So Maureen um, had her... 2000th celebration for her birthday yesterday birthday party. <laughs> um, several several birthday parties to celebrate yeah, the monumental 38th as you do at a party in vienna which uh jen was at and had a party in london last night um which was really 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 nice i might have had quite a lot of drinks um people kept buying me drinks what can i say it's rude to say no i know and for yeah, but this is birthday. so weird That's because you do. don't drink as you've as you as you've told me drink. many many times so it's you don't drink i do morning. drink when other people are buying i do drink when other people are buying <laughs> maureen's teetotal habits can be broken if you are to actually physically to put a drink it. in front of her yeah <laughs> then she then she's then she'll drink. Alice and Jen had fun in Vienna with my mates, didn't you? Jen's face was usually quite bemused. We had a great time in Vienna. Do you want to tell the Bobby story? The what story? The Bobby story. What's the Bobby story? You know about the, the Bobby who shat in front of somebody's door. <laughs> I don't know this story. Actually, <laughs> anyway, we were talking about this guy that my friend liked and then she went, oh, and Bobby shat in front of his door and me and... My other friend went, oh, right, right. And Jen was just looking really confused. And... Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we forgot to explain that Bobby was a dog. She, Jen thought right. it was a person. <laughs> I was like, so your boyfriend shat in front of someone's door. Okay. <laughs> I just thought, oh, well, wow. no, Maureen and and, uh, and Maureen's friend, other friend, which, whose name we're not allowed to mention, um, <laughs> uh, just carried on listening. And I was like, okay, we're not going to mention the fact that some bloke curled one out in front of the door. Um, okay, great. Um <laughs> And then, and then they were like, "No, no, Bobby's a dog." I was like, "Okay, 
thought Bobby was the boyfriend. All right. <laughs> You're like, this might just be a tradition here. I don't I don't know. Maybe they <laughs> Well, we had fun. Yes. We did it have was. fun. It was it was a very immersive experience, is how I would describe yeah, it. Yeah, we learned a lot about <laughs> pigs we learned a lot about pig slaughtering, didn't we? There was quite a lot of conversation. I mean, all of this is very much out of context, Maureen. So what you're doing is naming a load of in-jokes that no one else... Which is a great start to a series of a podcast. And, and you know, we can't expand on. So, so I say, this absolutely... This is, Maureen, there is absolutely no point in bringing up any of this because you and I are, have been explicitly told that we're not allowed to expand on any of it. In fact, I was there when we said we wouldn't. And now, 30 seconds yeah. in... <laughs> anyway, so there was there was talk about pigs. Okay, great. We'll have to move on. We can't. We can't. <laughs> Anton, what have you been up to? Oh, can I just say, Jen bought me a tablet. I know for my birthday, <laughs> and uh, I think Alison may have bought me some additional. Yeah, equipment, we're still so to speak. waiting for it to show up. This was a Alison suggested this make of tablet because I was like, oh, I'm thinking of uh, a tablet, and Alison went, oh then I've got one for you, babe, and sent me a thing. And then I went down a rabbit hole and researched all of them and picked one of those out, which you received. And then uh, I sent Alison the link and she bought, I mean, this is the absolute, I said to Maureen, she said, uh, I said, it hasn't got a case, but don't worry about a case. Uh Wink, wink. Maureen went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. As in, don't, I said, it hasn't got a case, Maureen. Don't worry about a case, you know. Little, little wink, little nudge. Uh, ten minutes later, I just bought a case no, online. Oh, Maureen! I was like, why have I bought a case online? I said, don't worry about a case. You said... I don't as, remember this. Uh, Maureen said, did you? I said, yeah, I did. And she, Maureen went, I didn't hear you. I said, well, that's because you never listen to anything I'm saying. <laughs> so Maureen went out and bought a case. I said, well, maybe don't buy the case. Maureen was like, why? I said, oh, my God. Do I have to spell it out? Don't buy the case, Maureen, because I don't think you're going to need it. Oh, why is that? Because somebody else is buying you the case. <laughs> somebody else has already bought the case, Maureen. It's cancelled. I got cancelled it. Then I went to buy headphones, didn't I? Maybe don't you know buy saying? headphones either, Maureen. <laughs> don't buy headphones. <laughs> Maureen said, I'm just buying some headphones or shouldn't I buy headphones? I said, oh, this is really fucking up the surprise. I said, do you know what? <laughs> Don't buy headphones. <laughs> and Maureen went, ah, okay, I won't buy headphones. I was like, I'm really sorry that this has now ruined. I know, and then Alison went, uh, you'll get a surprise opening out the boxes. I won't, I'm thinking, I know what it is. I know what it is. So what have you been up to, Alison? Ah, hilarious. Not going to birthday parties, which I'm a little jealous of, to be honest with you. Why do you have to have them in Vienna? Why do you have to live in London? Anyway, uh, I've been doing my tour, which is very exciting. Yay. Uh, Shout out to Kathleen, who came to the show in Glasgow. Uh, Shout out to all the listeners who have come up and been like, when is WTB back? Here we are. Here we are. So shout out to Kathleen. Thank you for coming to the show and thank you for being a listener. And then also continuing on in my journey of making new foods, which is what I'm trying to do now, everyone. I made an Asian cucumber salad. There we go. That's my week, everyone. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. It was lovely. What a thing to have. A cucumber salad. What does a I cucumber love... salad involve? I mean, obviously cucumber. But... <laughs> yeah. 
baby cucumbers, a little red onion, and it's an Asian one, so it was like a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of ginger paste, a little bit of chili flakes, uh, a little bit of honey. Oh, my God, it was so good. It was good. And the baby cucumbers. I love a little baby cuke. They're so Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, they're really nice. They're delicious. So, Um, yeah. The kids love baby cucumbers. I... I'm not a fan. Not a fan of a Why? baby cucumber. Why don't you like baby cucumbers? Just, just don't like them. Um, I think they taste weird. They're weird tasting. They don't really, they taste adjacent cucumber. Cucumber adjacent is what they taste like. It's like, they're like, this is a cucumber, but it's a baby cucumber. Don't expect a cucumber flavor. It's going to be offering something different. Turns uh-huh. out I don't like that different adjacent cucumber flavor. But I appreciate it from afar. They look cute, don't they? They are cute little pet looking. cucumbers. I like the crunch. Um, I do yeah. think that was me eating a baby cucumber, which probably repulsed you, Jen. I'm sorry. I just acted yeah. out chewing, and you no, no. <laughs> I can handle acting out chewing. It's just actual chewing. I can't handle real mastication. Acting out chewing is fine, but were you Fake to actually <laughs> were you to actually masticate in front of me? I would. I would throw up. Well. That sounds great. Uh, we too had a cucumber salad whilst we were away. Um, Maureen's very dear friend, who we stayed with, uh, fed us and watered us to the point of the, where it was, I started to feel like one of those people in, you know, you know those medieval movies where the people are just picking up a pig and gnawing its head off. Well, bring on the dancing girls! It was, you know, it's like just so gluttonous, so much food. You're like I can't actually handle the amount of food. That and we've she got goes here. to so much trouble, doesn't she? There's like the breakfast table is just full of food. It's all garnished. You know, there's loads of things to choose from. She's such a great hostess. It, she was the hostess oh. with the mostess. And um, Maureen very much. I, what I love about their relationship is that Maureen is a lounger. Do you know about this? I, I've i seen her lounge. It's like the perfect relationship. Maureen never leaves the sofa stroke, chair stroke, table. <laughs> or bed. And she does literally everything. And that's... <laughs> That's how I like it. So <laughs> <laughs> very sweet. There's a, there's a trio of them and um, they've known each other since they were 18 and it was very sweet. They're, they're like the most eccentric three women you'll ever meet. I'm the most normal. I've been friends for over, well, I can't say how many years. Well, for longer than I've been born. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just really lovely. Your friendship group is is just, it's adorable, really. Anyway, um, we did have a great time in Vienna. We're very different. Very different people. I uh, I very much recommend if you want a, a, a trip, uh, you know, like a, a weekend away, Vienna is a great place to visit and actually oh, quite it's inexpensive. It's not, it's not expensive. Ooh. Like we're going to quite posh cafes and quite posh yeah. places. And I would say that if you wanted to spend like, or like, oh my God, I feel like I'm really forking out. It's like 16, 17 euros. For a meal. For a meal. In a really nice, this is one of the most famous cafes. But if you just want, if you want to go cheap, eight, nine euros. So yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Vienna, we had a lovely time. Um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, and that's it. We've all had weeks. We've all had weeks, and we're delighted to be back for our, for the a new series of WTB. Thank you all for being so patient, waiting for us. It's the logistics. We're very busy women, just trying to get us all in a room. It's hard, isn't it? Isn't it hard? It's like herding cats. It's oh herding cats sometimes. Uh, and uh, I am the biggest cat, so you have me to blame. <laughs> anyway, these weeks have been fantastic, but now it's time to turn to the younger Maureen of Maureen, younger kind 
feel she has done something absolutely ridiculous. And it's time to find out what it is. What is your be my morning moment, morning? Me and Jen were in the jacuzzi. I had this new swimming costume on and the top was actually around my neck. So I was flashing Jen and completely unaware of it. Completely topless. <laughs> Tankini around her neck. That would have been the first indicator to me. I'd be like, what is this around my neck? No, I didn't notice. Well, I thought I'd keep the Germanic theme going. This is this this is a while back. So I was very upset about somebody and I was meeting a friend in the, I think it was like in the foyer to a cinema or something or theatre. And he was with this woman and um I didn't want her to hear what I was talking about. And he's German, so I just went on. It was opened up my heart, was very which I don't normally do, and I was like really upset. So I was telling him all this stuff in German. And eventually got to the end of it, turned around to this woman, said, look, I'm really sorry. It was very rude speaking German, but quite, it was quite personal. And she went, oh, it's fine. I'm German. Yeah, great. (laughs) (laughs) Does she have any advice for (laughs) you? I thought you could have told me at the beginning. There's me going, whatever. And then she went, no, it's fine. I'm German. She understood every word I said. (laughs) Well, probably she was thinking, It'd be a bit weird to interrupt and just go, sorry, just to say, I am actually German and I understand everything. <laughs> anyway, carry on about uh, this. This guy sounds like a knob, by the way. <laughs> sorry, I'm, who was this woman? She was a friend of the guy, but I didn't realise that she was German. I'd never met her before. And, but were you okay? Where were you? Where we were you? We were in like a country? foyer to, I can't remember, it was a while back, a foyer to cinema or a theatre. But in the UK? In the UK, in the UK? yeah. Okay, so that's why you thought this woman may not yeah. speak. Right, okay. Even I wouldn't, yeah. If I was in Germany, I probably would have been a bit wary. I was thinking, I was like, where? Okay. But I probably should have said that at the beginning of the story, shouldn't I? I think what, what was missing at the beginning of that story was where the foyer was, <laughs> who you were with. What <laughs> nationality they were? What nationality the general population is? I mean, I I did get 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 it. I did get it. Yeah. But I did. Yeah. I did think the story would have been that much funnier had we set the scene. Look, look. I had a very late night with lots of drinks, and I've got a cat zooming around me. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> and I came home oh, no, late the night before. So really. <laughs> From Vienna with a two mass honestly, I could hardly close my suit. I got so many presents. I had to leave two bottles of Bailey in Vienna. I mean, that's how bad it was. Honestly. I forgot when I packed, I forgot to take into account that I'd have stuff to put in. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Like gifts and, and whatnot. Um but that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. She's so, got all your smellies and your things and I I mean, I bought um more in a bottle of Bailey's. Uh, I bought it uh, in the airport. Uh, it said uh, birthday cake Bailey's. Bailey's. I was like, well, that's oh. that's a perfect um, mix, isn't it? It's, it's the Bailey's, it's a birthday cake. Gave it to Maureen. I had a sip of it. Honestly, one of the most revolting things I've ever put in my mouth. Blah. That's what I was thinking. Diabetes Blah. in a glass. Someone else bought another oh. bottle, didn't they? <laughs> Karen and bought another Then bottle. another one of Karen... Another one of uh, Maureen's friends came with a, with a bottle because we were like both at the airport. We thought birthday cake, Bailey's, great mix. Uh, even Maureen, who has the sweetest tooth known to humankind, was like, this is actually disgusting. <laughs> and this is how bad it was, Alison, because Jen said to me, oh, I gave Karen one of your Bailey bottles. Now, normally I would have gone absolutely ape. I was like, yeah, that's okay. Great. I hope Karen <laughs> enjoys fair, that. To be fair, in my defence, Maureen was there. 
when I did it. No, I wasn't, Jen. You're making that up. No, you were there because otherwise I wouldn't have given you a bottle of Baileys, would I? <laughs> you weren't there at that moment. But when I said to you, can I give Karen a bottle away? Uh, because you can't yeah, take two fine. bottles with you. You said fine. And then I gave the bottle away. Anyway, it's the pedantics, it's the semantics, it's the, the, the didactics. Who cares? More and younger, that was a, as a, a, that's a way to ease us in to the Be More Morning moment. As, um, yeah. you know, we don't want to start too high, do we? But no, um, no. Uh, I did appreciate that story. Um, would have appreciated a little bit of backstory, setting the scene and the geography of it. But that's, again, we don't need to lean into that. Let's lean into the fact that. You bared your soul to a complete stranger, assuming they wouldn't understand you. Um, <laughs> In the future, you're going to have to suss out everyone that's around you. You have very intellectual, intelligent friends more. You're going to be like, wait, how many languages do you speak before I, I start saying well, it? I well, she was, you speak? I assume she was British, so I assume she couldn't speak any language. <laughs> to be fair, all of Maureen's <laughs> friends speak three languages. Yeah, minimum. So yeah. I felt like a complete... I mean, I had my friend Donatella yesterday who speaks, she's Italian, speaks fluent English, Spanish, uh, Hebrew, Arabic, and there's another language. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. I mean. Maureen, you don't have parties. You have gatherings of United (laughs) Nations is what goes on. It is. Her her party in Vienna was like the gathering of the United Nations because everyone was speaking in three different languages. You'd hear people speaking in German, then they were speaking in French, then they're speaking in English. And I was like, they're going, can we... Can we just all appreciate the person that just speaks English and Spanish badly here? <laughs> you know, my friend, my friend on the telly yesterday, she's a, a international war crime investigator. I do have a very um, eclectic blend. Eclectic she must be very busy friends. right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's she is really busy. You'll get a t- yeah. you'll get a WhatsApp going. She's going. I'm in Aleppo at the moment, or I'm in Sedan. It's like blinking it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Warren's like, I'm in Nottingham. Don't talk about it. I'm in Grimsby. I've got a really rough gig in Penge tonight. <laughs> Penge. Can be rough there. Can be rough. It's quite posh now, but it can be rough. Maureen, uh, thank you very much for your people any moment. Um, Alison, it's hard because we're just at the start of the series, so people don't know to write in, but I know we've got a couple drip, drip feeds from last year. Yep. But what I would say before we start the Ask Alison uh, segment is to say, if you have any problems, please do send them Alison's way. You can send them to womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com with Ask Alison in the subject, and she will answer your problems. But for now, let's go to Alison June Smith and let us ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Brilliant. Ah, well, Jen is correct. Thank you so much for those of you who so quickly, I know we put out a little call and you sent in problems and I'm very grateful. I'm not, I'm not grateful that you have problems. Let me, I'm not grateful you have problems, but I'm grateful that you want to share them with me. Um, so here we go. Again, not a therapist. I am not trained in any way, shape or form. I'm just a person who cares and likes to listen. So here we go. The first one of the season. My husband has ADHD and has recently left his job with a settlement agreement after trying for more than a year to resolve issues at work caused by his boss's disorganization and micromanagement. 
You know, I got to say, I hear this story from a lot of people. When I was reading this, I actually thought this was one of my best friends that had written in, but it's not. So this is a very common thing. He has a lot of skills and experience in his field and has applied, applied for probably about 50 jobs since October, but he's barely getting any interest. He has only had two interviews, neither of which led to jobs. He's getting more and more depressed and despondent, and I'm really struggling to know what to do to help him. He feels completely useless and not valued at all. It's not a financial issue, as I earn enough money to keep us going for a while, and we have savings, so I'm telling him not to worry about that. But the main issue is his self-esteem. It's taken a complete kicking. I have tried to ask him to do a few jobs in the house that need sorting, hoping that that would give him a sense of purpose, but it doesn't help. And other than applying for jobs, he spends most of his time on his PS5. We've chatted about volunteering or doing some programming courses to add to his skill set, but he's not that enthusiastic for that. Uh, I don't feel like I'm painting him in a very good light, but I promise he's not a lazy arsehole. He's just really struggling. Any advice? Yeah. Okay. No, of course he's not a lazy arsehole. Look, and this is very common. If you look at the world right now, so many people, jobs are changing. People are, it's a tricky time right now. And looking for work is a tricky time. So the first thing I wanted to mention is uh, ADHD. You, you say he's got ADHD. Is it a diagnosed ADHD? Is he on medication? Is it working? Sometimes you need to revisit these things, especially at times like this. I'm going to say, look, sometimes people in these situations, too, because the job market is hard. I mean, how down is he? Is having a chat about antidepressants for a short period of time going to help? Again, I don't like to shove on medication, but I do know that a lot of ADHD can really be helped. And when we have dips and, and, and you know, ups and downs, these things can help. So I just like to flag that right away. OK, other things that I think you can do to get him peppy. Look, I can't believe I'm saying this. Does he work out? Sometimes doing a little bit of movement can get the endorphins going, all right? But it's hard because being rejected, look, we take it so personally, right? But it's just one situation. It's just one job that didn't work out. And I think sometimes people who, who lose a job or get rejected in some way, they kind of stay in that and they, they kind of... Uh, dwell in that a little bit. So I'm really proud of you for being concerned about him and for trying to push him a little bit. The other thing that I want to say, though, is that as a partner, we can't nag. It's not our job to be like, here's a solution. Here's a solution. You've got to support them. You've got to remind them how great they are. You can delicately suggest some ideas, which I like to say by doing things like, hey, why don't we both volunteer? Or why don't we do this? Or what, as opposed to you should do this, you should do that. Because they're already in a state where they feel like something's wrong. They didn't do something right. So you, it, it's a delicate balance of like suggestions, but not saying what to do. Nobody wants to be told what to do. There are some things you could do. Like what about, uh, there's job coaches out there. There are people who can review resumes. There are people who can help in that regard. That's not you, but maybe guiding them towards an expert in regards to finding a job that can really help. I think things that you can really do that would really help him right now are things to do with not a job search. What about going on some more dates? What about reminding your partner how fabulous they are? I think what they might really need now is that support in reminding them that they are amazing and all the strengths that they have. 
Why don't you get him to plan a holiday? Why don't you get him to plan some dates for the two of you? Why don't you get him to focus on some things that are fun? Fun things for the both of you to do. Then you're, again, it's not a task of like, why don't you, you need to focus on this? Or you, hey, let, you know, once a week, let's go out and do this. Let's try that restaurant. Can you find out the details? That sort of thing. I think then you're focusing on the person and not just like the job, the job, job search, job search. Because I think that can get a little overwhelming. Oh, joining a public speaking course can be really good. Also, this was an interesting, uh, get a personality test. Sometimes, uh, what is it, a Brigham Young? Is that is that what it's called, a personality test? I think I'm looking at the two of you because I'm like, they might know. Uh, but a personality test can sometimes give you some insight into maybe when you're doing the job interview, things that maybe you did not notice about yourself. These are just some outside ideas, different different things that I think you could try with this person while they're going through this. But again, you got to remember, they feel rejected. So it's it's more a matter of building them up. He's going to find a job. It'll happen. But he has to be in a good spot as an individual. So I really think that is something that would help the most, especially as a partner, especially as a significant other. You just want to make them feel loved, appreciated, and remind them of all the great things that they are. That, I think, is the best advice that I can give you as a partner and just remind him he's not alone. Right now, the job market is crazy. People are losing jobs left, right, and center. It's real tricky. He's not alone, and he sure is lucky to have you as a partner, and thank you for writing in. That is all the advice I think I want to give right now in regards to that. Yeah. Very good advice. Thank you very much, Alison. Um, uh, I think it's well, I think we've talked about this before, haven't we, about how you know all of us are, our identity and our ego and our self-esteem is kind of wrapped up in um, yeah. work and in what we do and it's about <clears throat> what we achieve and and I think that's partly to do with um you know it's it's the human need to to work you know it's actually it's like our natural state <clears throat> it's a very unnatural state to have loads of time on our hands yeah. um and I know we always go on about isn't it lovely having a holiday and isn't it lovely having a break well all these things are really lovely because normally you're working and so then you get to enjoy the break but if you have nothing to do all day and if you don't have any structure and if you don't have a timetable and if you don't have a purpose and if you don't have an income then that is going to massively impact on how you feel about yourself as a human being how you feel about yourself in relation to your partner and uh it impacts everything so uh it's really hard um to I don't know to, to 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 be objective about about that and then and then and then be motivated to to think differently about how you can change your direction sometimes because sometimes you can't stay doing that thing that you were doing or, do you know what I mean am I making sense or yeah I saying, no, sometimes yes. it become out you know outdated or you're not needed anymore do you know I, mean? I know somebody who did yeah. a lot of cabling and they had a very important job got a lot of money doing cables and then of course everything became wireless so you've gone from having a job which is you know got a lot of value and money attached to it to being absolutely obsolete and that obviously yeah, yeah. is going to affect somebody's self-esteem because you know yes you've gone from kind of up there to like what do you what do we need you for yeah yeah and then it's about like well if I can't do that what can I do but I mean there's loads of it that you know most jobs you know you can they the skills are you can move, take those skills and use them in a in a different position or in a different job or a di you yeah. know, a different career. And I think that um, 
you know, the idea of doing a personality test, I know it sounds a bit random, but actually sometimes those things can really help um, you figure out what kind of, because sometimes we have a, a perception of who we are and then actually we find that we're not that. You know, like lots of people who yeah. think that they're, oh, I'm an extrovert because I enjoy, I don't know, performing. And then they do a test and they're like, oh, no, I'm actually a complete introvert that just happens to like perform. Do you know what I mean? And then you can find out the kind of things about yes. yourself that maybe you didn't know. These, all this information, all of this self-awareness can help yeah. act as a stepping stone to getting you to the next Because it's you're never going to just arrive at this next job or arrive at this next career every single step that you take will get will eventually get you there but you're not going to just suddenly arrive it's really it's it is really hard and I think as a partner all you can do is um support them and make suggestions and guide them but you can't you can't drag them there and again how great is this person to even realize that it's not necessarily about the job it's the self-esteem because I I really do think that's the core of it also I just looked it up it's the Meyer Briggs personality test Brigham Young is a Mormon institution so, so that yeah is contact a very... them if you <laughs> that's a very different fine religion <laughs> I believe the, what's it uh Christian scientists do a personality test if Oh, yes, they do a very big personality test. It involves uh, losing all of your money. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you mean Scientology? We're oh, going to get cancelled. Sci- oh, They're going to find Scientology? Us. It's Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the sci- yeah, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I don't think they're listening. Um, anyway. <laughs> They're always listening. <laughs> She, I like it. She's has like, just left. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. But I don't know where she's gone. I can hear Maureen, Maureen laughing. Maureen is laughing with other people. Yeah. We're like, in the middle of a podcast. Can this be my goat? Where's Maureen? <laughs> so, have you two decided what's got your goat? Well, I think we've done it, Maureen. We're, we've we've done finished. It. We're, it's all. We've done it. And uh, let's just say you were involved. Anyway. <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's talk about the televisual age. The age of television, maybe podcasts, maybe books. I don't give a shit. Whatever you've been doing, let's just find out what it is you have been absorbing. Well, I watched this. Well, I semi-watched it because I fell asleep in the middle. I had seen it before, oh, though. The Lost City, which is a film with Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, or Chris Pine, as I kept insisting. Um, so we started watching the movie. and then I was like, Oh, yeah, I watched it Pine. with you. You did fall yeah, asleep. I did I know, because I heard the snoring. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? It's a real, I mean, look, it's not going to win Best Picture of the Year award. But, you know, it's Sandra Bullock. Who does not like Sandra Bullock? Everybody likes Sandra Bullock. And it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a funny, amusing, falling asleep had nothing to do with the film. I was very, very tired. Um, And it's a nice way to spend an hour or two with friends just watching a, you know, it's got some really good jokes in it. It's got Brad Pitt looking incredibly hot um, for a man, I think he's in his (laughs) 60s. Fucking hell. And uh yeah, I would I'd recommend it. Have you seen it, Alison? No, no. No, it's on Netflix. Um All right. Yeah, it's a it's a really enjoyable movie. Was it you quite enjoyed it, didn't you, Jen? Uh yes, it, it has diminishing <laughs> returns as it goes on, I would say. But um it's a very self aware uh Yeah. You know, it doesn't take uh, itself take seriously. Of a film. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. Uh it, it is basically making fun of a lot of the those romantic um, stone and whatever romantic yeah it's 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 like a it's not quite a spoof because it does sort of do all the things that those films have done in the past but it kind of has a few nods and a few winks it's like we know what this is and so there is a bit of like sort of sending all of that genre up but um yes it's 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 
it's a really daft movie and it, that so if you it, and, and in that respect it's very you know enjoyable and you can pass the time again as Maureen said don't there's no it, don't don't analyze it okay don't, <laughs> don't, look for, don't look for plot don't, don't analyze the subject I mean they do the whole thing where at one point Sandra Bullock is in this uh, sequined jumpsuit throughout the whole, throughout the entire film. Brilliant, much. brilliant figure. And at one point, the sequins have completely worn off her backside. <laughs> so, because she's gone down this hill on her bottom. And so she gets up, she's brushing herself down, she bends down. There's no sequins on her bottom, so she's completely see-through. Cut to the next scene, the see-through, the sequins are back. So do you know what I mean? It's like a real... That's a consistency error. Yeah, but it's a, it's a consistency error that's done with a nod and a wink. Yeah, like yeah. It's done deliberately. It's, 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 so it's, it's that kind of... It's fun. It's daft. And Sandra Bullock, I mean, the woman's 59. She looks like she's 22 in it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't even know what's going on. It's, it's like... Yeah, she looks amazing. She looks incredible. So, yes, uh, that's a recommendation. I uh, watched... I watched this a while ago, and uh, it's, a, it's on Apple TV. It's called Invasion, and it's um, it's a science fiction uh, show, and it it is what it says it is on the tin that the Earth, yeah, the planet is invaded <laughs> by aliens. Basically, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But what I would say, what I would say, if that is your bag, you're like, oh, I love alien invasion stuff. Uh, I'm in. I'll just hold back a minute because it's not about the aliens, really. So it's about how people, us as human beings, uh, survive, react, behave once our planet is invaded. And so really what it's about is about, I mean, you could you could say it's about occupation, basically. And you could say that about any country that is being occupied by another sort of superior, like a state with superior gun you know weapons or um money or what have you um it's like colonialism 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 he was a good friend of mine colonialism colonial i find that anyway, funny as a british person it's hard for you to say it's it's hard for us it's not hard for us to do alison we are really good at we it. know about <laughs> Can't say it, but we're brilliant at doing it. Doing it, yeah. <laughs> we used to be. We used to be. <laughs> now we can't the say it or do set. it. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, <laughs> colonialism. So um it so so that's what it's about. So the so really What's it about again, for the first because colonialism. <laughs> So for the first two series, there's two series. There's only two series out. I actually can't say it now. I actually don't know how to say it. Uh, the first series, like, I've got. Let me just get this out because we said we're trying to make this shorter. This, yeah, we are. <laughs> make Alex's job easier. We're actually making it harder. So <clears throat> you don't really, sorry, <laughs> you don't really you see the alien. Oh, you don't see Shut up, Maureen! <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying colonialism. <laughs> This out, and then we can move yeah. on to the to the horror show. I think we're witnessing oh, it. <laughs> oh, she's funny when she's hung over, everyone. <laughs> <sighs> 
That's awesome. That's oh, awesome. Dear. Okay. Are we done? Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm going to try and do this in three bullet points. It's not okay. about the aliens. There's not many aliens in the first series. I'm not going to say what it's imperialism. There we go. It's... <laughs> Uh, that's much easier. Why didn't I say that? <laughs> so it's about, so you don't see them. Uh, and so I think a lot of people, when they watched it, were like, oh, this is really annoying because it hasn't really got aliens in it. They do sort of start to arrive at the end of the first series and in the second series, they're a bit more prevalent. But it's, but it's really just about, you know, the, about humanity, really, and, and what how humanity behaves when it's being colonized what's the program called again i've I've forgotten it was so long ago what is it's called invasion (laughs) it's called invasion so long ago (laughs) anyway um i really enjoyed it that's all i wanted to say i really enjoyed it Uh, (laughs) i'm not going to go into this cast we haven't got time we've we spent so much time just on one word that i don't actually have time to tell you anything about the program but it's on apple tv I can recommend it. There's two series available. The second series does does hot up, okay, in case you think the first series is quite slow. And um, it's it's set in various different parts of the country, the US, obviously, Japan, uh, London. It moves over to Central Europe. Uh, it, it's, um, it's great. Alison, please tell us about your horror story. <laughs> it's not about invasions and... No, go on. Colonialism. No, absolutely not. Uh, As a Canadian, I feel weird saying that. Anyway, uh, my (laughs) horror movie that I am choosing, because I was thinking, okay, so it's going along with like a job search and, you know, more like keeping someone like in a good frame of mind and, and, you know, just, okay. So the, the movie that I am choosing, I know I've chosen it before, but I don't care. It's a classic. And I think it really does pertain well to this. I am going with The Shining. Everyone, oh, The yes. Shining. I yes, Maureen, you've seen The Shining, haven't no, you? No, I still haven't seen it. We were meant to watch it with you. I was meant to watch it with you when I was next. Oh, uh, next yes, film. yes, yes. Remember, I called it the screaming. The screaming. You did right. call it the screaming. You called it the screaming. That's right. <laughs> ah, uh, why I chose this one? So, okay, if you've never seen The Shining, like Maureen. Uh, Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson, becomes a winter caretaker at the isolated Overlook Hotel in Colorado, hoping to cure his writer's block. He settles in along with his wife, Wendy, and his son, Danny, and is plagued by psychic premonitions. As Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's visions become more disturbing, Jack discovers the hotel's dark secrets and begins to unravel into a homicidal maniac hell-bent on terrorizing his family. Okay, the big scene is... And I don't, spoiler alert, it's been out long enough. Uh, (laughs) It's been out for long enough. I don't care. When you get to, you find out what he's been writing and all he writes the whole time is, uh, what is it? All play and no work makes Jack a dull boy. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Sorry, all work and no play (laughs) makes Jack a dull boy. And I just thought it it fit in well because I like the idea of like helping your husband to find joy again in his life and finding some nice things, right? That's important. So, and also don't let him take a job writing a novel and and going to an isolated in a hotel. place in Colorado. Th- in that's a, my big advice. Job transitions can be hard. Keep them positive. That's yeah. So that's yeah. why I went with The Shining. I think it's a great movie. It'll be a classic. Yeah, you'll enjoy oh. it, everyone. Yeah, I just I yeah. love everything about that film. 
I love where it's set. I love the hotel. I love how I love winter. So snowy. It's like there's a bl- there's like a blizzard. It's so cold yeah. and just, oh. yeah. Apparently, the lead actress was treated appallingly in that movie, wasn't she? I'm pretty sure all lead actresses were treated appallingly in all movies. It was the 70s, Maureen. I don't think there was a film set that existed where women weren't treated badly. (laughs) I can believe that. I can can totally believe that. Please don't let that stop you from watching the film, though. Um, No, because you will have to watch no films. Otherwise, you'll never be able to watch a film again. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're not going to believe this. Women are treated badly. (laughs) That's... That's Every, the name of our next everywhere. show. Women treated badly. WTB, Dead. women WTB. treated badly. <laughs> Not on my watch. Not on my watch, Alison. Um, women treated brilliantly. That's what we have on this podcast. <laughs> Apart from Ooh. Paul Maureen, who doesn't half get a flipping earful from me all the time. Yeah, but luckily um, I, I don't really listen, so it's fine. No, uh, this is true. What I said. Hence the whole thing with the babies. What? Anyway, we won't go into that. Oh. Um, <laughs> Maureen, it's time to turn back to you because you have a corner. It is cultural. You have made it so. Tell us all about it. Maureen Younger, she has a corner. It is full of things that we would like to put in our mouths. <laughs> I don't know what I'm Whoa, saying. Wow, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Thanks for that wonderful <laughs> intro, Jen. Um, well, um, guys, I'm hoping, visa willing, I'm going to be in Australia very soon. Australia? <laughs> Not visa willing. The visa's coming. The visa's coming. So I'm going to be in Adelaide for four weeks and then Sydney for a week. So I thought I'd give my cultural corner a bit of an Australian flavour. Yes, great. So I'm talking about Australian films. Oh, I love Australian films. Yeah. I actually don't think I've ever seen an Australian film I don't like, ever. Yeah. Apart from that film Australia, that wasn't very good. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Mm. Okay, we'll move on. Um, That's not not included. You'll be pleased to know that's not included in one of my... Could you imagine? Oh, my first film's Australia. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have... No, it's not. The first film is Gallipoli, which is a brilliant, brilliant movie. Mel Gibson. So it's Mel Gibson. His rep in the 80s was slightly different than it is now. Um, That time he was a sex symbol. This is one of the biggest... One of the... After Mad Max is the film that really established him and Mark Lee and it involves around several young men from Western Australia who volunteer to fight in the Australian army during World War One and Mark Lee's uh, character and Mel Gibson they're really fast runners so that that's how they they've met each other and it's um it's all about Gallipoli which in Britain is never talked about um, no one really knows about the Gallipoli campaign I think Churchill was one of the lead uh, brains behind it but for Australia and New Zealand it was really a um it's it's a really big thing. Basically, loads and loads of uh, Anzacs were killed in a ridiculous um, uh, campaign where basically they had to attack the Turks. And the Turks were sitting on a hill, which is never a good way to attack somebody if they're on a hill, with machine guns. And they were basically mowed down. And I think up to then, obviously I'm not an expert on Australian New Zealand history, but up to then I think... You know, Aussies and New Zealanders had this, you know, idea that Britain was the motherland and blah, blah, blah. And I think Anzac just basically taught them that, you know, Britain didn't really give a shit about them. And I think it, it awake, it woke a lot of, um, it kind of made them more, not made them more, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it gave them a more sense of their nation, I think. And I mean, obviously Aussies and Kiwis could explain this better. Anzac Day is a very big day. It's, it's bigger than Remembrance Day over there. And so anyway, you've got this... For most of the film, it's just these Australians, really likeable Australians. They're having a laugh. They're whatever, whatever. And as the film progresses, you see they lose their innocence. 
and then you you get the big attack in Gallipoli and it, and I think because you've had such a nice time and you really enjoy these characters it really sucker punches you at the end I don't know if you any of you've seen it but it's a brilliant brilliant movie I saw it many many years ago um I think I saw it I, I think I was a teenager when I saw it actually mm. so um and it, and it was um it came out in 81 TV. but I I did I, I did um yeah, I mean, I, I was would have been a repeat on telly, but I did I did remember really enjoying it, and I thinking it was and, and not knowing anything about that history at all, um, and you know, again, it's all about colonialism. colonialism. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna try and say it, but I didn't want to do it. I'm glad yeah. you guys did it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a great that's a great movie, and I can recommend that. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure you can if you. I mean, I'm sure if you Google it, you could probably rent it on that Amazon. Yeah, um, you'll find or, it. Yeah, uh, and it's and, and often. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but it, it used to be in certainly in the UK. It was used to be repeated on telly quite a fair bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, he's a very good director. Um, the next one is Break and Morant, a kind of similar theme from 1980 by Bruce. I don't know this one. Oh, it's really good, and it's it's based on a true story. So it's set in the in in the Boer War in 1902, and it's a court martial of three Australian soldiers. So Harry Morant. Peter Hancock and George Witten. And it was one of the first war crime prosecutions in British military history. And they were accused of killing Boer prisoners and um, a, a German civilian. And the Boer War was quite, um, in, in, this, in the Boer War, British had, the British had concentration camps, not in the sense that the Germans did, but they concentrated people and a lot of people died from, you know, from illness and hunger and stuff like that. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't like, because... It wasn't, there was no Geneva Convention, let's put it that way. But they picked, it's a, it reminds me really of the Paths of Glory. They picked on three soldiers and you, they go on trial and you kind of know the trial's a show trial. They're going to get executed. Do you know what I mean? It's just, uh, they're just going through the motions. And um, it's a really interesting story. And um, Bruce Beresford said um, it was quite interesting because a lot of people took it as the Brits, having you know, just using the Australians as scapegoats. And he said, you know, there was no question that they d- did what they were accused of and his his interest wasn't really about saying the brits were using you know using the strains escape scapegoats but how you know how, about war crimes and how kind of relatively normal people you know during war will commit crimes that they they wouldn't think of doing otherwise do you know what i mean yeah you know because yeah, a, yeah. a lot of people commit war crimes you you know if you saw them in their daily lives if they had would have been just completely utterly normal people, and that's that's the banality, banality of normality. As I can't remember a name, very famous. Whatever becomes your normal, yeah. Suddenly, that becomes a new normal, and um, yes, if if that that banality of that new normality comes into play, I mean that we see that happening over and over and over again in every war, don't we? Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's a really if you haven't seen it, it's a really really good film, really well acted. And next one you you've bound to have seen it's fantastic Strictly Ballroom. Oh, I just love this oh, film. Yeah. I love yeah. this film so it much. It is so life affirming. I remember seeing it with my friend who cannot be named at Wilston. She's not Voldemort, don't worry. Um <laughs> at Wilston. <laughs> but we cannot name her. We cannot name her for legal reasons. Uh she was a I saw it remember seeing it at Wilston Green outdoor cinema or something. They had a cinema outdoors for one one day. And everybody by the end was dancing and singing along. It's an absolutely fantastic movie. It's Baz Luhrmann's first movie, and it stars uh, well. Basically, it's got Scott Hastings is the lead character in it. And he's a champion ballroom dancer who who dances his own steps, which they don't like. And Fran is this kind of uh, shy, quiet beginning dancer, and she asks Scott to be her partner. It is absolutely colourful, vibrant, really, really funny. 
slightly surreal. Um, I really love it. I think it's one of the, yeah, it's such a great just movie. Brilliant. I mean, look, we started by being um, not particularly complimentary to another one of Baz Luhrmann's films, Australia, but he. When it the films that he that I like of his, I absolutely love, and I think Strictly Ballroom may be one of my favourite films. Actually, it's a, such a fantastic movie. It is so. I, I I totally agree with you about it being life affirming, and it's one of the stories where you you know how it's going to go, but the journey is so much fun. And um, again, you can get that on Amazon Prime, Strictly uh, Ballroom. Um, but I, I I definitely recommend it. I definitely recommend The last one, I don't know if you guys have seen it, is The Dish, which is a 2000 Australian film. And it tells the story of the Parks Observatory, uh, which played an important role in the live um, television relay of, uh, you know, people, Man First on the Moon. And it's got Sam Neill in it. And it's a really lovely comedy. Really, there's a great moment when the American ambassador turns up. And so they play what they think is the national anthem, which is actually the tune to Hawaii Five-O. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> well you know you've got american you've got you know the moon landings and then you know basically it's all dependent on this you know where they're playing golf and everything. i think it's golf like you know, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in australia this kind of dish it's really really lovely movie and who doesn't like sam neill it's like sandra bullock oh yeah sam neill's fantastic and do you know what he's really good at he's really good at playing the hero uh, and he's really good at playing the antagonist. He's really good at playing the baddie as well. Um, he's just good. Yeah, he's great. Like you know, he's fantastic in Dead Calm, isn't he? <gasps> yeah, that's a br- oh, that's a brilliant movie. I forgot about that one. That is a brilliant movie. Sorry, I just had to Google Sam Neill. You're right. He is a great like villainy. Uh, he's true. But he can play the hero as well. Uh, he can yeah, play Alison, the hero. have you seen he Dead can? Calm? I feel like I saw it a long time ago. Really you will have seen it. it. It's a really good yeah. movie. It was, it, it was a breakthrough film for Nicole Kidman. Yeah. She's so young in it. She, yeah. and also, I think it came just after a TV series that she did, which is also fantastic, again, Australian, called, Bank, called Bangkok Hilton, where she has um, drugs put into her bag by her boyfriend and she's oh. caught with these drugs. This is the character Nicole Kidman. This is a TV series, I think a, mini, um, a limited series. And she goes to a prison, prison in Bangkok, the Bangkok Hilton. Oh, my! I remember watching it with my mum and it is absolutely... Have you seen it, Maureen? No. It's from the uh, maybe late 80s, early 90s. Maybe it early would be, 90s, it would, late 80s. Yeah, probably the 80s. It's, it's fantastic television. I'd like 80, it must be, if it is, it's like 88, 89. Oh my god! I absolutely loved it. It it it, it was one of those TV series that my mum and I, I think we were like every time we were like, oh my god, we can't wait to watch it. Like it wasn't one of those ones where because you know you can't go well if we miss it, well it will be on repeat. Like no, no, you had to watch it. it we've we've, yeah. we've missed it, so we had to watch it. And I remember we saw Bangkok Hilton, and then that's why we went to watch um, shortly after when Dead Calm came out. We were like, we're going to get that out because it's got that it's got that actress in it. Yeah, if you haven't seen and Dead anyway, Calm, Dead Calm is fantastic. I saw it for Chris' uh, birthday. It got Billy Zane. Treat. Oh yeah, Billy There's only Zane. three characters. Billy had hair. When he had I hair. love Billy Zane. Um, and honestly, it's really frightening. I screamed in the cinema. Obviously, Billy Zane. It's not frightening. Billy Zane, Sam Neill, Nicole. And not frightening in that sense. I mean, you get there's shocks, but I don't want people to think it's you know. It's not a horror movie, like a but horror no, but it's a no. it's scary. Well, yeah. 
it, it, it's a thriller. Anyway, is that is that it, Maureen? That's You've it. Done it. Oh, well done. Great. I mean, I'm surprised you picked two. You picked two move things I've never heard of. So that's great. Oh, okay, cool, fantastic. We're near the end of the show. We're doing well timing wise. We're, well we're almost there. Well yeah, I mean, without, we're in the final. We're in the final Fair section. Uh, so we've we've had extensive discussions about colonialism. Uh, we. Uh, we learned a lot, but what we want to get to is uh, we want to know what's uh, what's getting your goat, Jen. What's your goat this week? I, I'm losing everything. I cannot find anything. <laughs> I don't know where anything is. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. I can't take it anymore. So that's me getting my goat. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> My goat is I can't pronounce the word colonialism. <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> I'm going to have to practice this. When this episode ends, I'll be in front of the mirror saying colonialism, 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 colonialism. <laughs> Genuinely, though, um, it is quite tricky to say, isn't it? And I don't think I should make, I don't think I should feel bad about it. There are always wa- words that we can't say or, or we say wrong. Somebody said schedule to me recently. I had to remind them that we're British and we say schedule. They said, no, it's British is schedule. American is schedule. I, I nearly lost it with them. I was like, I can't, we can't be friends now. Um, it's actually schedule. But look, it's fine. We have to accept that there are some words that we can pronounce and some words we can't. I love the fact that Maureen still can't pronounce the word soldier. Um, it's sodia. Uh, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Is, is there, have you got a word you can't pronounce, Alison? Let's hear it. Yeah, I have to say it very slowly. I, or, gasm orgasm and organism. organism. If I say them too quickly, they just kind of blend orgasm into organism. one. So if I just don't think about it, it'll be like an organism. An orga- I can't organism. Like if I if I don't organism <laughs> organism oh. <laughs> right otherwise it's organism i thought for a second you were like you know when you're talking about organisms and you have to mention that they're having orgasms and so then i end up saying organisms that's an organism <laughs> well my mom can't say mexico she says mexico mexico i love it mexico. i love hearing yeah. you saying arsehole because uh, you would say asshole right uh i very much enjoy yeah, arsehole Say it again. Let's hear it. Arsehole. Arsehole. You have to say asshole. You've got to say it like that. Asshole, asshole. sounds great with a US, uh, with a North American accent, Canadian accent. Uh, I actually really don't like it when British people say asshole. I'm like, no, 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 no. We say asshole. We don't say asshole. Asshole. So, Do you know there was that that was problem with that um, Jane Fonda and Robert Redford film, which was R and then souls. In night, but of course, in English, it just comes out as our souls, our souls in night. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there really is a song. Funny. I think we've talked. In fact, we have talked about this on this podcast again because I, I can, I can feel, I can feel I'm saying the same anecdote. But there is um, a song. It's called "Our Souls Come Together," uh, <laughs> and <laughs> when I listen to it, I cannot stop laughing. <laughs> our souls come together. <laughs> <laughs> I think we peaked. We can we can do no better than this. Women talking bollocks. 
If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did.